All conversations and information exchanged during What If Nothing's Wrong podcast with Heidi Haddad, LCSW, are intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please do not confuse this with treatment, therapy, or psychotherapeutic advice or guidance. The information on these podcasts is supplemental and not meant to interfere with the therapeutic work between you and your professional therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist. Please understand that Heidi Haddad does not maintain the role of your psychotherapist, but rather offers an educated, professional perspective from that of a licensed clinical social worker. When your anxiety is crippling and you're stuck inside your head, find your joy, find your joy. When your man won't touch you, but you want to have a baby, find your joy, find your joy. When you're walking down the street and you get punched in the face, find your joy, find your joy. You want to fire a bazooka at your neighbor's barking dog Find your joy, find your joy Find your joy, find your joy Welcome to What If Nothing's Wrong. Hi, I'm Heidi. And I'm Nelsie. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) We're so glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Oh, it's going to be one Hi, of those. I'm Nelsie. <laughs> and I'm Heidi. <laughs> Hang on. Let me get my lip gloss. Oh, I got a nail I've got to oh, file. Really? Just one second. You're literally <laughs> wearing red lipstick with your red hair with a red sweater and a red shirt. Uh-huh. All right. So, hey, guys, welcome. The podcast that asks the question, what if nothing's wrong? We're, we are a comedy mental health podcast. And I think comedy is a strong word. You- I, I've been thinking about that and I meant to tell you. I think that. <laughs> you say all you want, honey. I'm not changing my mind on this one. I think we could call it a humorous mental health podcast. Okay. Or a mental health podcast with- replete. With laughter. Replete with laughter. <laughs> okay. You know, listeners, give us some suggestions. Do you think comedy, <laughs> do you think calling this a comedy mental health podcast is too strong? Like we're- I we're, think so. I mean, are, are we, we doing aiming a bit? too high? I think you could say you are aiming too high. But you're aiming right. You're hitting <laughs> very that low. target. Very <laughs> low. Oh, I like okay. to keep things the me- real. The mental health podcast where you might chuckle on occasion, right? So now, she, now she's messing with her hair. Oh, something <laughs> just was like, God. Yeah, that sounds good. Where you might chuckle. Where you might chuckle on occasion. How are you? Um, I'm all right. Yeah, just, she's not. Okay. You're not having a great day. What's up? I'm not having a great day. What's I've been up? watching that the um, uh, the Ricky Gervais, as you like to call him, because <laughs> <laughs> you like to Gervais. put a French, uh-huh. <laughs> like to put a little French twist on his name. Show, yes. What's it called? It's called Afterlife. Uh, he's so good in he's it. So good. He's so good in it. Oh my I want, god! I want to. Yeah, I just and it's so. His relationship with his wife is so beautiful. Oh. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. It's disgusting. So, guys, it's on Netflix, and there's three seasons, and they're all out. And it's really smart, and it's about mental health. I mean, it's – and yeah, it's – the premise is 
his wife has died and it's his life after her life. And oh God, it's so funny and heartbreaking all at the same time. It's just, it's just right yes. in my wheelhouse yes. of what I love. It's not helping my, uh, it's not helping me feel happier though. Instead, it just, it just feels, it just it breaks your heart. It is heartbreaking and it is so funny. You're right. And every once in a while, he just, that seemingly natural laugh or um, how do you just something happens and he just chuckles or giggle, giggles or yeah. as if it's an outtake. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That like when he's sitting with, um, I don't know her name, the actress on the bench. Yes. Yes. Hui, she's from, she's from Downton Abbey. You guys will recognize yeah. her. She's quite good. Yeah. And how <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I can't say anything brilliant about it other than it really is so beautifully done. It and is. he does such a beautiful, they all do such a beautiful job. Yeah. Really is lovely and heart wrenching and beautiful all at the same time Written and funny. And directed by him and starring is him. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wrote and directed it. And he plays, he doesn't really play the sort of typical smarmy Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais character. He plays, I mean, wow. He, like he's does a beautiful acting job, like beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like you believe that this man is bereft and is grieving the loss of his wife and that he doesn't know how he can go on. And I know it doesn't sound like a comedy, but, but it is. And it'll make you cry. Cause he's funny. He's really funny. Oh yeah. God. So dark. So dark sometimes. Yeah. Recommend. And I love the sex worker. Oh, she's the her. best. And he her. keeps calling yeah. her prostitute. She keeps going, sex worker. Well, you're a prostitute, aren't you? Uh, sex worker. <laughs> Everybody in it is great. And it's just one weird sort of quirky, quirky British character after another. Somebody did on there say, would you like a spot of tea? And I was like, that's my line. <laughs> that is my line. Better said, but at the same time, I felt like I do. I, I still felt like I do a good job. You felt, you felt uh, vindicated. I felt, yeah. yeah. By myself. <laughs> anyway, how are anyway. you? Let's talk about you. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I um, Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. How are you, Nelsie? Yeah, what's really important? How am I, for God's sake? That's what really matters. Um, Why is it the meat and potatoes? I guess because- Why is that? Well, because meat and potatoes is like your basic, like back in the day, that's like meat and potatoes. That's that's what you have. It's You got your protein, you got your What carbs. else were you eating that you were like, forget all that. Let's get to the meat and potatoes, like the broccoli? Maybe a salad. Right? Maybe um maybe a salad. Maybe a salad. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe some steamed broccoli. Maybe some rat tattooey. <laughs> Way to bring it back. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Back to you and your meat and potatoes. So how am I? I'm good. My vegan friend. I'm good. I'm good. My um wow, you know what I just noticed? That my lipstick matches the uh red skirt in my um my my neighbor Totoro poster. God, she's so highbrow. So highbrow. I, I can't see it in my screen. Oh, okay. You're not missing anything. But no, I'm good. I'm good. I um I took the dogs. I you know it's all about the dogs. I, I, Sally and I and, and I know Heidi's Heidi's <laughs> off camera. She's got a dull knife. She's trying to. Never mind. That's too dark. Um, I took the we took the dogs to the dog run and there was snow and the dogs. 
frolicked in the snow off leash and it was like, it was like, you know, ketamine. It was the best. <laughs> that, so that really, so is that today? That was two days ago, two days um, ago where it had snowed and, but, but it was kind of, it got warm in quotes, like it was 32 degrees. And so there was kind of fog and nobody else was there and it just, it felt, it felt magical. So yes. that was, um, I, I found my joy. I found my joy, Heidi. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> Spot a tea. <laughs> so did, was that you transitioning to your joy corner? No, Quinner? not intentionally, but I do, um, I did find some joy this week. Did you? <sighs> She's just a ray of sunshine today. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I just What's I have going on, it's just a, it's a yucky day outside. Mm. It's raining. It's cold. I just did you do your gratitude list today? No, and maybe I should have. <laughs> I, think I was so. appreciating my son today and just enjoying him this morning. So that was nice, just to kind of slow it down. A reminder to self to slow it down with him and not play the parent. Always. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a hard line. This is a sidebar. It's kind of a hard line. I'm between sitting at a meal, for example, and saying, wanting him to have nicer manners, mm. wanting to him to be a treat at a meal, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately. And so, there are people, obviously, that would say, who cares if he's doing this, that, or the other thing? And I care. And it also makes it less enjoyable, the meal, because mm. I'm noticing, elbows in, I'm correcting. Yeah, or Knocking I'm, in your lap, elbows off the table. Right. Things like that. And But if I don't do it now, when will I do it? Yeah. Do I wait till he's 15 and he says... And you he's holding he his fork like this. And right. yeah. He's got his feet up on the table. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Napkin balled up into his pants. I mean, <laughs> inside his pants. Hand in his pants. That's another one. Hand in his pants. Holding his penis with one hand. Holding his fork like this with the other. With the other. That's what, that's that's your future if you're not on him I'm just every second. I mean, how do you know? They don't just do it. They you don't. have to teach them. I have to say, my, right? my mother was a very much elbows off the table, napkins in your lap. I mean, it was very, you know, and I have pretty good table manners. I know how, to, I know I hold my fork and knife correctly. I know how to, you know, cut my steak, even though I'm a vegan, my tofu steak. And my kids are good, but I have watched Malcolm like hold his spoon on occasion or his fork incorrectly. And I, a part of me dies inside, you know? <laughs> See? So you're validating I that I need to be because this guy. a side of me does die inside because it's way too late for me to ch change that. Malcolm just, two days ago, turned 26. So I am not definitely changing that. Um, There's always an opportunity. I like that I can, or a person can be casual and messy and not uptight or upright or all of that kind of stuff all the time, but yet be able to go to an event where That's the thing. It, it's called for and you know how to be appropriate yeah. and you know you have those social graces also. Yep. I, I hear can you. Can I say social graces? I don't know. I Just think you can. know how to operate within different worlds. Because here's the thing, rightly or wrongly, if you go somewhere and 
we make assumptions about people based on things that may or may not be true. You know what I mean? And I, so if you go to a social function and you don't, what hold, do you mean? Well, Kidding. <laughs> and one, and you notice somebody who's not holding their fork correctly. I, I'm embarrassed to say that I'm going to judge them. I'm going to, I'm not going to think that they're not a good person, but there's, I don't know. I don't know. I feel, even as I said that, I felt bad, but I am really glad that I know which fork to use and I know which spoon to use and all of that. I have a client who never says thank you. I gave her like, uh, you know, I worked on something for her and she's lovely, but I got on the phone with her and gave her a free 20 minutes of talking about the notes that I gave her on something. And, um, she, I say, okay, well, this was great. Thanks so much. When really I've just performed a service for her, she never says thank you. And I have to stop myself from going, listen, not her real name, um, Petunia. You're supposed to say thank you. That's just a, that's just a social norm. I've performed a service for you and I did it for free happily. Every time you say performed a service for you, I think that you're a sex worker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I do that too. And um, how often do you think, I mean, I, I bet it, go, it goes that way too with sex workers, that there are people that just do what they need to do and don't say thank you. Oh, abs- probably absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. And let's face yeah. it. The service that the sex worker is given, it's pretty gosh darn big service. So there should be some serious things going on. What is it? A gosh darn big service. (laughs) I don't know. Suddenly, (laughs) suddenly I'm south of the Mason Dixon line. It's gosh darn. That was really, you know, that was gosh darn nice. Thank you so much, darling. Oh, that you can do. You can do the Southern. You can have that. Thank you. You're welcome. You are very welcome. The arbiter of all (sighs) accents. So, Let's get back to yeah, let's, definitely that's me. Let's get back to you because so yes, you're allowed to. Of course, you want Leon to understand those things, and you get to find your joy too with your son. I know. So I I definitely had a moment yesterday where I said, just enjoy this child. Stop mm. trying to. Maybe I need to put myself on a calendar schedule of Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I can give them a hard time. Tuesdays, <laughs> Thursdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and Sundays. We enjoy each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can just appreciate him in all his hands and his pants glory. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? Who doesn't like the that? hands in the pants? That's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When Raina and Malcolm's parenting thing is hard. It is. It's hard. When Rain and Malcolm were in middle school, I think maybe even elementary school, one of their friends came over and we made pasta and this kid was eight or nine and he ate the pasta with his hands and it was like raised by wolves. I mean, I was just, uh, uh, and I was like, Tommy, not his real name, Tommy, honey, you want to use a fork? (laughs) We got a fork. No, that's okay. Hands in the mouth. Wow. See, the, here's the thing, though. When you say raised by wolves, that's not a fair thing to say because there are plenty of places in this world that do not use forks and do use their hands to eat. Yes, but we weren't in one of those places. We were on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I know, but so but let's just not say wolves. Let's oh, okay. Just say, okay. 
All right. That's, yeah. <laughs> we also it's don't not, want to, we don't want to upset the wolves because the wolf community, we don't want to, we don't want to marginalize them. And also there's, I, have you eaten with your hands before? Yeah. Like fully gotten into it? It's kind of nice. Is it? All right. Yeah. So once you get past, we are raised so proper. Yeah. You know, with yeah. the stick up our tushies, with the forks and the knives, and we have to eat a certain way, very British, European, right? But when I lived in Africa and you're just like all up in there, hoping your hand is semi-clean, it's just, it's kind of nice. And you can feel it. It's just, it, there's a visceralness about it where you feel it in your hand and you're, it's just, we have it's messy. Force. But then you're like, who cares? Because eventually you're going to wash, wash these hands or wipe them or something. Okay. Have somebody else lick them off. I don't know. Just <laughs> Take it. <they're- laughs> Go to the dogs. Let, them, let the exactly. dogs lick them off. Callie. hands i got something for you here we've come full circle from you not being able to enjoy uh leon you talking about your dogs oh to um (laughs) you said callie i didn't i said dogs in general i said i said full circle talking about your dogs to me talking about yes exactly so i think the the bottom line is that it's a balance it's a balance. If you don't have, if there's no time when you're enjoying your children because you're so hyper-focused on making sure that they learn and get it right, that's, that's just, you know, that's sad for everybody involved. Right. You know? Right. Right. In my family, when, when my parents separated. You got this. I got this. And my dad became the cool parent. My mom had to become in her mind, the disciplinarian. And so there was this huge shift that happened in both of them. And, you know, guess who looked like the, the, guess which parent we liked, the parent that had no rules. And, and my mom became, you know, uh, she became the scapegoat sort of, and she just wanted us to have our hands, you know, napkins in our lap, elbows off the table. And then it became about what belt you had on and your haircuts and, you know, and right. Where's the middle ground between put a napkin on your lap and being okay with that belt going with those pants when they're not wearing you a belt? Not what like if you it, don't wear a belt? What? <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> she literally kicked my brother out of the house for not wearing a belt. Go live with your father. With your take your beltless pants <laughs> to your father. <laughs> I don't want to have any more to do with this. <laughs> I cannot stand those <laughs> naked belt loops. Get out. <laughs> if, if I have to look at one more naked belt loop, that's it. <laughs> All right, listen. Last night on this AMA, yeah. This prompt, I'm going to switch I'm going to switch course. Switch it up, babe. Switch it up. Everyone sees the world from their own point of view. Sometimes, especially within families, you want to pull your hair out in frustration and scream, how is it possible that we see this so differently? (laughs) What experiences have you had like this? And the outcome of this AMA is that I clearly did not write the prompt in the way that I wanted the message to be received. The way that people responded was as if people have different like political points of view or oh, yeah. some somebody went really went into it about um 
One person in my family believes this is at C-K-O-N-Z-Z-Z. One person in my family believes it's healthy to eat the non-moldy pieces of bread from a loaf. I believe one moldy (laughs) slice taints the entire loaf. There is no reason to argue this as we will never agree. (laughs) No, what, not only, (laughs) yes, that's funny. And uh, there were many replies of, (laughs) with, (laughs) I mean, Sure. One. So I, this is not where I want to go with this, but I'm just going to, just cause it's entertaining oh. at S one R one U S me wrote, surely you can point out that the visible mold is only the flowering of the organism. Whilst the majority of the mold is within the loaf and thus mold goes through all the slices with a picture and a video just to be clear <laughs> with a thing from YouTube that says never eat the clean part of moldy bread. I have done that my entire life. Oh, but did you know that? Did you know that it's like, because Ah. the the spores that you can't see are, you can't see them, but they're all in the whole thing. And I'll tell you, I do know this also because when my son was little and I had came across a moldy loaf and I wanted to give him the bread, I looked up, I Googled, if there's mold on one piece of bread, does that make the whole loaf moldy? And in fact, it does. And uh, just last week I ate three or four slices of bread that with the moldy part cut off and it was delicious. And I am here to tell the tale. (laughs) What? So what? So what is it supposed to do? Yes. Did I eat? First of all, I don't know, but I will tell you that there's all kind. people were all up about it in this on here. Well, I'm glad we really sparked some important conversation. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So let me cut to this. Okay. I want to say what I really meant. Please do. Which was people who were at the same, who have a conversation, let's say, or a situation between amongst themselves about anything, right? Mm-hmm. And they walk away and are retelling the tale to someone else and their s- stories are so different. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I have clients, a mom and son. The son has an extraordinary tale of his of how he was raised and what was going on in his life and that he was just, I won't go just what his experience was growing up in that house. And his mother has an a hundred percent different perspective on that. And I'm guessing that the son is not saying that it was all rainbows and unicorns. And the mom is saying it was a torture chamber. I'm guessing that the son is saying the opposite, yeah, the opposite. Just so exactly great. The opposite. And she's right. like, what are you talking about? We're a happy family. And, and I think, I think the, no, the mother's not saying it's a happy family, but the mother's owning pieces that were challenging and doing that part. And the son is just not able to hear that Mm -hmm. and is all up and just, you're not validating my experience and all that. But it's, but my point to you is just how, or I have, there's another example recently where two people had came to, had a whole conversation. One person walked away saying, oh my God, that was an amazing, I'm so glad to have connected with this person. And it was really beautiful. And we really talked and it was open. And I think there's reparations going to happen now. And the other person walked away saying she was boundaryless. She was out of her mind. I never want to speak to her again. How does that happen? Oh yeah. 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 So that kind of the fork in the road has come and they both went in opposite directions as if they're on the same page. Right. And they both have that same They're both in the same car on the same road and yet have two extremely different experiences. 
Right. So they're definitely, I mean, the point of views in general, just even, Nelsie, when you and I talk about what happens on this podcast, we both have a different perspective about how that went down, right? Yeah. So there's just the very natural, we all have, we all see things through our own lens and we all have our own perspectives on things. And then there's the catastrophic difference of perspective. Which I think, I think, I don't know. What do you, because I think that, well, obviously we're all, we're bringing all, bringing something to the table, right? And so if you go into something and you're, if you have preconceived notions or preconceived ideas about someone or something, then that can really color your experience, right? Um, I would say- I think there's so many different, yeah, yes, of course that happens. I don't even think that that one applies to the new ones I've mentioned. Yeah. I think that one is another one in and of itself. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And I think that, and, and I don't know, what, how does that happen? <laughs> no, it's crazy. Me. I think, <laughs> I think on, the, on the continuum with the most benign version of that, where it's just, you know, I had a good, I had a, let's say a good time on a date, you know, mm-hmm. like we're talking, you and I hang out one afternoon and I walk away saying, that was really fun. I had such a good time. And you walk away saying, yeah, it was fine. You know, but then, and you're, and, but remember when that started raining at two and then we had to, we couldn't have an umbrella. And so that to me would be our, our old stuff coming in to interpret the moment. I didn't care that it was raining. I didn't care that we had an umbrella. That was how I saw it. And you were focused on the umbrella. I was more like, Nelsie, we had a good time together. We laughed. We did this, that, and the other thing. Right? Okay. Uh So that's a benign version where our historical stuff is coming in. Your focus is on- Mine, because I have some historical stuff related to umbrellas and raining. (laughs) (laughs) Or just being negative. (laughs) Because I'm negative. Okay, fine. So Um, listeners, listen, you can, she's calling me negative, right? So we we can can all agree that I'm not interpreting this incorrectly. It was a joke. Joke. This sure. must be the comedy portion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, right there, ladies and gentlemen. This, so, all you purrs out there. All you this purrs. This is how Nelsie. Yeah. But no, yeah. but I think that it's not necessarily historical stuff I'm bringing to it there. It might just even be a mood, right? Well, my, po- my example in that, my, that's a different one. Right. There's all kinds of different right. stuff that yeah. it could be. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. don't, it's a mood. Yes. The one I was giving was if, if in that situation, you and I are hanging out and you are someone that's prone to seeing something negative, or even if you're not prone to seeing something negative and you're, you stay on the bright side, it doesn't matter. But in that particular event, you walked away with a perspective of focusing on the things that didn't feel great to you. Yeah. And I was focused on the overall things that felt great to me. Yeah. And so we walk away with a different perspective. Right. That feels benign. Yeah. Because then I could say, now see, who cares that it was raining? And you might say, yeah, you're right. Who cares? Right. It could, it, that could transpire. But this kind of perspective where, now see, every time we're on here, all you do is criticize me. <laughs> I don't know how to, I can't, Finally for some reason, I'm just kidding. Finally it comes out. <laughs> how she really I'm feels. just not doing well with the examples right now, but... <laughs> But I think you already have the example. You have the perfect example of the of the son and the mother and his Thank perspective of 
of what it felt like growing up in the, that family. And it's, I'm guessing, though you didn't say that, that he might have used certain language that are, it's pretty extreme and, you know, growing up in, in, in chaos or growing up in an abusive family, you know, and then the mother who's like, yeah, we had challenges, but you've, been, you're loved. And right. Same, same family, same life to so different points of view. And how do you bridge that gap and how do you explain it? And you can't say, oh, you're right. And I'm wrong. Right. So as a therapist, what do you do in that situation, Heidi? I would say it's it's a difficult position to be in. If both people are in the room at the time, yeah. then I would offer that they we work on each of them hearing the other and not to validate them in the sense of, okay, you're right, your experience is, your perspective is right, mm-hmm. quote unquote, mm-hmm. but more that that's what your experience felt like to you. Yeah. And I hear you and I hear that was really hard and painful and all of that. In a healthy situation, that works out, yeah. right? The mother can hear the son, the son can hear the mother, and they figure out some some way forward. But if the mother turns around and says, I hear you, I hear how sad you are, I hear how this much this pained you, and I'm sorry that happened, and the response is, you're not validating me, yeah. then there's a... I will say, well, I'm hearing a lot of validation in that. I'm hearing a lot of empathy and, you know, good job, mom. Yeah. I'm hearing you yeah. say blah, 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 and I'll go through it. And if the son is stuck in, nope, there, it has to be done differently. Mm-hmm. And the, and you turn to the son and say, and I turn to the son and say, well, what is it that you'd like to hear? They pretty good chance they're not able to say it, or they say, I, I need her to say that she was wrong. and. I mean, it just, it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. 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 So I say, so my point, so you ask what I would do. My first thing is to create empathy and compassion and understanding and for everybody to be heard. Mm -hmm. If a person in that scenario isn't able to, isn't emotionally healthy enough to be able to hear another person's perspective, then movement is a slow process and it's not going to move until that person, in this example, the son, grows a little bit and is able to recognize that, you know, he can say what he needs to say. And we've talked about that. I, th- I think I can't remember if it was last week or not, but you can say what you need to say without holding on to an expectation that the other person's going to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So say this really hurt. I didn't like this. I had a really, I was really troubled in all these various ways. Say all of that with the knowledge that you've been able to say what you need to say without it being now fix it. Cause you can't fix what right. happened. You can't fix what happened. You can't fix what happened. So all you can do is speak your truth and hope that the person that you're talking to can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. And they may or may not be able to. When it comes to that parent child situation, and I'll, I'll speak for myself because, and, and to, to your point, this son in this scenario he's only 18 and that's so young still and his brain is still growing. And, you know, uh, I, I remember being probably, I didn't say, I didn't say he was 18. Oh, I thought you did. I did. No. Okay. So in my brain, so. <laughs> it sounds like an 18 year old, but no, he's not. He's not you know, so we don't know not. how old we don't know. I don't know why I pictured that. So anyway, it's, it takes a lot of growing up. It takes a lot of maturing. It takes a lot. This is me speaking 
obviously totally as a lay person, um, a lot of life experience to be able to find that empathy and that compassion. You know, I was so um, invested in being a victim in my family dynamic. Um, I mean, one could look at certain things that happened and say, you were a victim, you were a child and things happened to you that shouldn't have happened to you. But if I hold on to that victimhood, um, and the reason I held on to it, I think looking back, is because if if I'm the victim, then I never have to take responsibility. And there's some comfort in that. There's some almost protection in that. And if I'm still being the victim when I'm in my 30s and 40s, what am I, how does that serve me? And and I think that that I thought for a long time that if if um if I had compassion and I was willing to forgive, that that meant that what happened was okay. And those those are not the two things. And I think that that's a big leap that we have to to, to take in able to, like you were saying, engage empathy and engage compassion. Does not mean that the things that happened or the things that hurt you or the things that you're angry about um, were okay. Did that make any sense? Because I feel like I really meandered there. (laughs) (laughs) I started strong. I started strong. And then I went, I think I made my way back to the river. Did I? I I was sleeping a little bit, but I I think you were fine. (laughs) I thought I heard snoring. What I'm going to pull from that is. Not even what I'm pulling from that, but what, um, yes, what I'm pulling from that is your ability to be self-reflective. And I, and that's the key is that there are some, sometimes people aren't able to be self-reflective and I might argue that it's because they are stuck developmentally, emotionally, developmentally back when they were 18 or back Mm -hmm. um, like this son situation where it makes sense to you, you think 18 because- that seems like a teenage perspective of I've been wronged and you need to fix my wrong. And he hasn't had a chance to grow. Yeah. Conversely, as you, as we both know, we know adults, adults, academic adults, meaning in their fifties and their sixties, who still are eight seventies and eighties, who still aren't able to take responsibility for their themselves. And they're still the the victim and they're always the victim and Mm -hmm. it's everybody else's fault. Mm -hmm. And no matter how you have a conversation with someone and say, this really felt bad to me. I didn't, I felt hurt in this scenario. And the person even in that, this is another scenario where that person in the moment might say, oh, wow. Okay. I hear you. And it's not really like that, actually. It's more, there's still like a long processing around it. Maybe at the end of the conversation, they might say, okay, I hear that that was painful for you. Mm-hmm. But two weeks later, that conversation comes up again, or a year later, it's as if you never talked about it. Right, 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 right. That right. coming to a healing moment, gone. That they <laughs> no longer are able to, there's like, well, you did that. And it's like, did we not have this conversation already? Yeah, yeah. Did we already fix this? Yeah. Now we're back to... It's you still didn't do anything right. to create that reality. Yeah. We're still which, back to you being blameless. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so oh. I think that has to do with just a total lack of consciousness, a total lack of emotional growth. Not a total lack, but basically that somebody who's Struggles. operating from that place is 
masks operating from a place of a toddler or a teenager. And you can tell the difference depending on how well, how they come to the table. Mm -hmm. Do they use their hands when they eat? That's what I'm wondering when they come to the table. Depends on the culture. Yes. Right? Depends on the culture. Okay. So, so I think it's so interesting that you, um, I thought I, I was really clear about your prompt and people were talking about bread mold. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> and then that's like, the thing that people got really excited about, the bread mold I know, situation. I wanted to be like, what's happening right now, people? What is happening? There's, nobody's talking about that. I was so excited for this prompt thinking this is, you know, you only have so many characters that I can put right. in a tweet. So I, anyway, well. It's, it's so rich. I think it's such a good, good question. Because we knew what I meant, but I can appreciate why it was misinterpreted or interpreted that way. I mean, okay. Okay. All right. All right. So was that it? Did anybody get it? Someone else wrote, no, 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 nobody got it. Nobody, (laughs) nobody, nobody got it. Zip in the way that I meant it. Wait, let's see. Um, one per the first person, yeah. I got yeah. People were not on the totally different thing. One uh, at K Temple eight three three seven wrote: Some members of my family think even though Trump is nuts and really bad in some ways, quote unquote, being in line with some of their policy views and in their view, quote, better than Hillary, unquote, still made him a good vote even now after everything. It makes me want to scream and crap and go blind. <laughs> And then I can see at, how people would go down the, I can see, especially in the world we're living in now, how people that's would go That's what I'm down saying. That's why politics. I understand how the yeah. interpretation. And the last one I'll share is at Brandon Prime 3 wrote, my mother is a hardcore conspiracy theorist and thinks Orange 45 is a secret agent for JFK Jr. And he's one of the greatest people to ever live. I do not. <laughs> because I don't, she says I don't respect her. And then she calls me stupid and I sleep in a hotel on Christmas Eve. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, who, who said that Heidi? Brandon underscore prime. I love Brandon Brandon. prime three. I love you. Brandon primes three. I do. Wow. God families, man. Families. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say that that might be an example of, um, mom, maybe not, maybe acting completely mature. Right? <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, so missing that boat on that, I I will say I have one more thing that I could share unrelated. Oh, because I have two or three more things I have to share as well that I can share. Do you? I do. Okay. No, no, I can't do that one. Okay, so let's do this one. So someone wrote me a DM and gave me permission to share what was said. Okay. But not who, who said, said it. it. Got it. This is also in response. This is regarding the AMA. Mm-hmm. Also missing the point of it, but still. My brother and I couldn't be more opposite. We've always been this way. It's never really been much of an issue until we entered the quote unquote real world. And his relatively short lived lo- jobs and life choices have made my parents want to pull their hair out. 
They're trying so hard to let him fail on his own, quote unquote fail, and not give him more money, but sometimes his choices are questionably dangerous and they want to make sure he can support himself. I love that he is trying to live life to the fullest and find a job that will make him happy, but I think that comes in time. He needs some sort of quote unquote real job for at least a little while for people to take him seriously. Seeing my parents get stressed about this makes also makes me worried. I'm shocked that he remains so selfish that he continues to take money from them to fix mistakes that he's responsible for. Frankly, it's caused my already distant relationship with my brother to be even more distant because I don't want to be dragged into his messes either. Weird how growing up in the same home can end with two different types of people. Not necessarily a mistake by my brother by any means because she's very nice, but having a former, maybe current stripper as a girlfriend also nearly gave my mom a heart attack. (laughs) Wow. Siblings. Yeah. I mean, that is fascinating. It is. Which I wrote back, talk about how fascinating it is, how different our perspectives are within a family. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I related to it in that um, with Raina and Malcolm, they're very different. They're only 20 months apart, but you know, what's that expression? Every child, uh, come on, Nelsie, get it together. Every kid in a family has a different set of parents because they experience Mm -hmm. the parents differently. Um, And I think that that's really true. That's always really true, but I get to see it playing out in real time with Raina and Malcolm. And um, I think pieces of that that could have been. I was like, "Did Raina DM Heidi?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, Malcolm has never dated a stripper, and he doesn't make dangerous choices, and we're not helping him financially. But I do see how Raina's taken a very traditional, um, a much more traditional career and work path, and Malcolm's, you know, coaching soccer and waiting tables and surfing and making surfboards, and I. I I think it's safe to say that Raina might judge him a little bit. And it's I easy. think it's safe to say we all do. <laughs> judge Malcolm? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> and, and in effect, you. And I think, yeah, exactly. And I think, but I do think that we do, it's so easy to judge people because they've t- made different choices and taken a different path. And And I think when it comes to siblings, especially if you've been really close, and then they go off on some different path that you think is wrong or stupid or bad. How do you, you know. That you judge. That you but judge. also I think that there, this piece in here is about part of it. It's not about, but what she's referring to is a stress that she thinks is on her parents that mm-hmm. she's taking on, that she's engaging with, that has nothing to do with her, really. No. But as a, another person in the family, when you're hearing this a stress that it might cause if Raina, I'm not saying this is the case, but if Raina was hearing a stress that it was causing you in some way to have Malcolm be there and blah, 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 then there'd also be that protective bit theoretically of you. Like, why are you doing this to mom? Which is what this person was talking about, feeling angry at him for what he's doing to his parents. But go ahead. I was just going to tell you what I'd said to her. What'd you say? I said, <laughs> I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> it is fascinating how different sibling perspectives are within a family unit and how different siblings in general can be regarding life choices and personalities slash temperaments. I think it's useful to remember that every one of us is, is on our own path. 
on a quest to learn something for ourselves. Your brother's doing exactly what he needs to, as are you. As are your parents. No mistakes. Your parents choose to give your brother money, etc., because that's what they need to do. Meaning, it's not simply about him taking. Obviously, you would make a different choice, but that relationship is between him and your parents. That doesn't mean it's not hard to watch, but how do you take care of yourself? How can you refocus your energy on something more productive? Right and on. her response oh, was... Oh, okay. We're getting back and forth. I really like what you said about how they are giving and that it's not simply him taking. That's so right. I'm so happy oh. my parents... That's so great. I love I'm that, so- that you really got to, I mean, I know it shouldn't sound so shocking, but, and you get, to, <laughs> you get to do that all the time. This is your job, but for you to, you know, say that and, and for you to open something up and her actually to have a different perspective is so lovely. That must, is Isn't it, that is the it fun to be a therapist, Heidi? Some, sometimes it is. Yeah, it's lovely. It okay. is. I like it. I like it. Especially like when, when I have clients that leave, when they say, you know what, I think I'm good now. And I'm just like, oh no, you're leaving. But at the same time, that's so great. Your success, you're doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. need this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens there. And then I have to say like, okay, right. I Good for them. Anyway, um, I'm so happy my parents who care about us and want to help us. As I try to figure out what also makes me happiest in my work-life balance, maybe I can be for my brother what I am also looking for, someone who recognizes the patterns I'm making and suggests the next adventure without being pushy. Maybe I can also try to loosen up a bit and see life from his perspective by living life more adventurously. For some reason, I've always felt like being the older sibling meant I should try to get everything right so he would Mm. have the easier time figuring life out. Not sure where that came from. I mean, don't you think that comes from being the older sibling? I mean, don't you see that in 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 the roles that older siblings take on or not? Um, I think it depends. Yeah. I think it depends. I think there's also maybe. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yes, that happens. Not always. But yes, I think there's. And in the same respect, the younger sibling is stretching they're all the dynamic also could be that the older sibling has been was the good kid for for lack of a better way to say that was the one that was the hero yeah the first the special the this the that and another one came and was like ah i can't even compete with that so i'm going in the other direction yeah i mean way to simplify it but my um, one version i see my brother dick i i see him um I think he played a pretty quintessential first child and also first son and also being named after my dad. He was Richard Selden Spencer the third. Hello. I mean, that's a lot. And, um, and I think Dick really, first of all, he's the most financially successful of all of us. He had a, he got a graduate degree. He took a much, you know, he took a very, um, you know, white collar traditional um, path. track path. Thank you. Thank you. Cause I, my brain is not working. Traditional <laughs> path. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I and spit my, spit my tea back <laughs> in the cup. Take. And, um, and I think it's, it's a lot, you know, he used to have a reoccurring <laughs> dream. I'm not Dicky, you know, I'm the girl, I'm the only girl and the baby. So I got both of those things. Like in some ways, that was we know. Yeah. You don't think we can tell? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, she's so loving. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Dick, oh. 
Dickie used to have a reoccurring. He's Dick now. When he was a kid, he was Dickie. Used to have a reoccurring dream. I just, I can't even. I can't stand it. I know. Okay. I know. Used to have a reoccurring dream that he had to gather me and he had to get me and Cardi in all in the station wagon and get us out of the house and get us and get us safe. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. So he really, and he has said things to me even recently, like apologize that he wasn't there, that he didn't do whatever in the childhood, in our childhood. And I was like, honey, not your job. It hmm. wasn't your job to save me. What oh, got teary. Oh, that's, that's a lot for him. It is. It is. I feel like, God, I didn't think I was going to cry. Um, yeah, I you think- told me you were going to make me laugh today. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I what's been really what I feel really lucky about, and I'm not sure how it happened, but I do think no, I am sure how it happened because me and the three of us, me and my two brothers, are all on a path of, you know, healing ourselves and all of that. And we've remained pretty close. Not all we haven't always been close, but we still you know communicate and love each other and respect each other, and you know, and it's a pretty. It's a pretty awesome thing, but I think it's a lot to be the oldest child sometimes, especially the sometimes, oldest boy. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. I think on any sibling who fe- any who feels that they are responsible. Yeah, like this- whether it's for their siblings or for their parents when yeah. they have to feel when they feel they have to take care of their parent because the parent's not the adult in their relationship. Right. Absolutely. Like this person who is worried that, that for their parents, and I love what you said about it. And, you know, they're not, it's not their job to take care of their parents in this right. scenario. In that, right. Yeah. Right. I wanted to mention one more find my joy thing because it kind of surprised me. Um, so I was working out, which I find joyful. And I, use Spotify and I have playlists on Spotify and I was like, which one should I do? Zumba one dance three, you know, seventies R and B. And I look and I see that Spotify has created a list for me and they're calling it very nice, a happy playlist. Oh, and I'm like, all right, Spotify, let's see what you got. Spotty. Right. And I'm listening and there's some, (laughs) there's some Justin Bieber, a song I like. And there's some 70s R&B, because, you know, Spotify knows me pretty well. And in the middle of my abdominals, I'm like, what is this song? It's kind of familiar. It's a little bit sappy and a little bit hokey. And it's, baby, you're a fireworks. It's Katy Perry. And I go from thinking, oh, my God, these lyrics are so, to literally weeping with joy. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I love you, Katy Perry. (laughs) Wow. I don't even know what to say. I've got nothing. Why? Why? Because I started thinking about, because that's- What did it trigger? Yeah. It's an, it's an old song. It's been around for a while. And she, you know, she has all these 15 year old girl fans and probably boys too, but I think she has a pretty big female fan base. Why do you like it? Why are you crying? Because of her fan base? Actually, yeah, because I was really? thinking about what these lyrics and what they meant to these young girls who are in puberty or going into puberty and how much self-judgment we have. And this song is all about basically Katie saying, you're amazing and you're a firework. And I just, I felt so, I felt this kinship with her and I really appreciated um what she gave to all those girls it was really it was 
And so I was like, I got to talk about this on Find Your Joy. I said, as I was doing my crunches and weeping. (laughs) 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 She's special. She's very special. I just right. like, okay, I think we might need to up Nelsie's antidepressants. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that I found my joy. Uh, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> you are in good company. <laughs> it's not even that it's, it was about you that you said, and I'm like, I am a firework. <laughs> and you're not doing that. It was simply like, and those children. <laughs> And those teenage girls who don't like their who bodies. Need to- <laughs> and they were like, my body. <laughs> and then I don't hope they don't have to do crunches when they're 95. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's 95? Wait a minute. <laughs> Obviously you are. God. She's a therapist. Why is that the thing? Now's when you're supposed to say, I love you. (laughs) Aren't you supposed to just say, oh, I love you, but I love you, Nelsie. (laughs) No, because that one was obviously, that's not a, I didn't insult you by saying you're 95. That's just an outright lie. Everybody knows that. So it's it's not an insulting. Okay. It's not an insulting. That's not even an English word. It's not an insulting. (laughs) It's not an insulting. (laughs) Correct. The noun, the insulting. Listen, the, the, my son's recent funnest song, funnest, yeah. um, happy place of song is, wait, oh, I'm, I guess you I'm not allowed play to play it. it. You can't play it's it. Barry Manilow. Oh, is he a fan Is Leon a fan I guess. And it's the um, Coco Cabana <sighs> song. It's a classic. Except when you're listening to it. <laughs> Countless times over and over and over again. And how did he even find his way to Barry Manilow? Can you explain that to me? I I have no idea. I don't, I mean, obviously it must be me. Yeah. Yellow feathers in her hair and a dress cut down to there. She did the thing. And did the cha cha. And though she tried to be a star. She was young and they had each other. Who could ask for more? I can go. It apparently brings joy. <laughs> and I think on that we're gonna say goodbye. <laughs> Rate, blop, and plop. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe. Review. It's not hard. We'll see you next. We'll week. see you next week. Oh, and don't forget. Oh, what? Next time you're a little down. Ask the, <laughs> ask yourself the question. What's the question, Heidi? What if nothing's wrong? What if nothing is wrong? By the way, so many people are not down with that. When I try to put that into my therapy <laughs> sessions, like, what if nothing? They the glare. Oh, I get. I get the, the like. What the fuck red, are you talking red about? Shit is lasers wrong. coming out of my yeah. coming out of me. I just gave like, you a list of the stuff. Maybe we could wrong. just reframe this a little bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh
find your joy When your heart speaks of weird and your kids hallucinating Find your joy, find your joy When you stick your dick and skimpy when your dog likes chippy Find your joy